You're listening to The Good GP, the podcast for busy GPs. Hello and welcome to The Good GP, the education podcast for busy GPs. Today on the podcast is a guest who is well known to listeners. It's Dr. Sean Stevens, who's also a podcaster for The Good GP. Welcome, Sean. Thanks very much, Tim. Lovely to be here. So, Sean, you know, we were just talking before. You've been on this podcast for, it must be three three or more years. Tell us about yourself, because perhaps some of the listeners don't know too much about you. you we, we all know you're a GP, but tell us about your, your background in general practice. Yeah, so look, I've been a GP for about 20 years now, Tim. I was thinking about it. That's, uh, you know, it's getting on for half my life. I absolutely love being a GP and I love education and, you know, I've supervised over 30 GP registrars over the years um, and I've just started up a new venture with Dr. Mary Wyatt uh, about eight months ago now and we've started our own practice, um, which has really been a lot of fun. I'm also, as you know, uh, chair of the WA faculty of the RACGP and um, chair of the GP business of general practice for the college. So sort of wear a few hats and um, love general practice and love promoting general practice. And we should also uh, shout out to your wife, Julie, and your, and your kids um, who often listen to the podcast. So hello, guys. Good to, good to have you listening today. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Yeah. Uh, sometimes Connor goes to sleep with it on and he, he tells me <laughs> when, when a new episode's been uploaded. <laughs> well, that's great, Sean. So um, we've got a really interesting episode. It's very general practice. We're talking about life hacks uh, for GPs and specifically in regard to, to warts. Um, but perhaps you can explain the concept of a life hack first, Sean. Yeah, thanks, Tim. The life hack was something my teenage kids introduced me to. And I love the term. Basically, uh, I had to look it up on Wikipedia as to the exact meaning. Uh, and it's any trick, shortcut, skill or novelty method that increases productivity and efficiency in all walks of life. And I just thought about some of the things that we do in general practice and, and a heap of what you learn. You don't learn from a textbook. It's, you know, life hacks that you pick up from other GPs. And I had the great benefit of uh, being supervised uh, by a guy by the name of Peter Wallace, who is an amazing GP. And he taught me a number of life hacks and a couple of them relate to warts. So I thought I could uh, hopefully share them with the next generation of GPs. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks, Sean. This is fantastic stuff. As you say, it's not found in a textbook. It's just pure knowledge coming from experience in general practice. So that's brilliant. I, I guess we're talking specifically about treatment for warts. Um, and probably one of the most common treatments that GPs would administer would be cryotherapy. Um, so let's talk about cryotherapy and, and the role of cryotherapy in treating warts in general practice, Sean. Yeah, thanks. So it's interesting. There's a few common mistakes that I find GPs make with treating warts with cryotherapy. So one of the most common ones is using cotton buds and, you know, tipping out the liquid nitro into a styrofoam cup and then dipping a, a cotton bud into that. That's been shown to be nowhere near as effective as the spray gun cryotherapy. So the first thing I'd say is if you, if you don't have a spray gun, invest in one. Uh, the other thing that I was surprised when I looked into this is that a one-off freeze is not enough um, to get the best cure rates. You're best off doing what they call a freeze-thaw-freeze freeze technique, and that's where you freeze the wart, you let it thaw out completely, and then you give it a shorter second freeze, but where you make sure you, you freeze the whole, whole lesion itself. 
To minimize the damage, one of the life hacks that I read in one of the medical glossies was to use an otoscope speculum, um, which is really a great idea because it minimizes the collateral damage uh, of the surrounding skin. It minimizes any blistering um, and it just makes sure you get, get the wart itself. A couple of tips I would give people just from uh, experience, self-experience, is uh, when you're holding the otoscope, Make sure you don't hold it with your skin. I've frozen my, myself, my own fingers, to the, um, the otoscope speculum a couple of times. My tip is to grab one of those uh, bits of paper that you rip off the end of a prescription, fold it up a few times, put it around the, the speculum, uh, and hold that, and hold it firmly against the wart. Um, you've got to hold the speculum at right angles to the skin, because um, otherwise it'll spray out the side of the hole. Um, where it meets with the skin. And obviously you've got to hold the, have it positioned so that the ray gun is held upright so that it, the pipe goes to the bottom of the bottle of the, the spray gun. Another thing that can happen is um, if the wart's quite large, the, even the larger adult otoscope speculum won't be large enough. If that happens, get a pair of scissors and just snip the end off it so you make the, uh, the end of the otoscope that bit larger. The other thing is to warn the patients about blistering. I mean, most GPs would be familiar that if you do do a prolonged freeze, then the, the wart's going to form a blister underneath it and then usually will peel off, but it's always worth warning the patients about that. The other thing with the speculum, make sure you don't pull it off suddenly because it can actually cause bleeding and, and rip some skin off. So let it thaw out and make sure there's no um, frozen bits on the end of it and then gently peel it off. And if you're in a larger practice or you've got a particularly wealthy boss, um, inquire about a brimal cryoplate. That's spelled B-R-Y-M-I-L-L -L, and then cryoplate. So that's a clear perspex disc with various sized holes indented in it. And it's similar to using an otoscope speculum. The only real advantage I see is that A, you won't freeze your fingers to it, and B, you can see how far your area of freeze has gone because it's clear. Um, so, yeah, they're basically my tips. I don't know if you had anything else there, Tim, that, that you use? Um, no, look, they're fantastic tips. I mean, the thing I would always say is, you know, the, the higher the wart, uh, the, the harder you really need to freeze it. And, you know, I think the risk of freezing things more vigorously is the collateral damage, as you say, to the surrounding tissue. Um, and that's where I agree the otoscope is, a re the speculum's fantastic for protecting the damage. So, mm. um yeah, 100% agree with that. That's a fantastic tip, Sean. I remember, Tim, I mean, your dad's a GP, same as mine. My dad was a uh, GP surgeon. I remember I had a reasonably large wart as a teenager, and he goes, don't worry, we'll get rid of this. And he gave it one prolonged freeze without a speculum. I ended up with a blister from my um, metatarsophalangeal joint to the base of my nail uh, on my cool. thumb. Got rid of the wart, but I've never <laughs> forgotten it. And now I always warn people about the blistering. <laughs> Fantastic, Sean. Um, now let's talk about that same topic, planter warts. Um, they're just a nuisance, aren't they, planter warts? They take a long time to treat um, and they're just, you know, patients hate them because they complain that they're uncomfortable to walk on. They really want rid of them as fast as possible. 
Yeah, they do. And, you know, they have other um, issues that can arise too that you've probably seen. You know, you can get infection, bacterial infections within them. You know, the, the pain is often a big issue. So, yeah, pa- you know, patients can come in, particularly when they're on weight-bearing areas of the foot, and just be completely fed up with it and just want them gone. So I've seen a lot of GPs who try cryotherapy in this area. And if you look at the studies, it actually is not a very good treatment. It's painful Plantar warts are a bit different to warts in other areas of the body. Because you're putting weight through it, the roots are usually a lot deeper. So being able to freeze it um, is really quite difficult. So the stuff that works best in my experience is using some Upton's paste. So Upton's paste is a salicylic acid um, based paste that's made by pretty much any compounding pharmacist. Um, and what you do, I just write on write a handwritten script, Upton's paste, 20 grams, and then I give them a sheet. Now, I'll run you through the sheet, and um, if people want to email our email address, I'd be happy to share this with them. So if, the first thing you do is you get the patient to paint clear nail polish on the healthy skin surrounding the wart, again, to reduce that collateral damage. Then you get a strip of elastoplast, and you cut a, a small hole or a hole in the elastoplast that's the same size as the wart. You put the elastoplast over with the wart poking through that hole. Before you apply the paste, you get a um, nail cuticle, which um, for anyone who's not familiar with them, they're like a short, reasonably sharp stick um, that's used to push down the, the cuticle on your fingernails. And you sort of dig at it, you dig out as much of the content of the wart as you can without causing too much pain. Then you apply the Upton's paste, and then you apply another strip of elastoplast over the top without any hole in it. So it sort of holds that Upton's paste in direct contact with the wart. You leave it like that for three days. You get the patient to peel it off. Um, they wash it off. They go about their normal activities for a day then they repeat the whole process um, for another three days and then they take it off the morning that they're going to come in and see you so that's seven days or a full week after you first saw them and what you do is you then get a scalpel and gently pare away at it so basically it's like I imagine a the biopsy of uh, a cervix Um, so doing like a you're sort of coning down and uh, removing as much of the wart as you can. As soon as it starts to hurt, you stop, or if there's any bleeding, you stop, um, and you repeat it. You usually need two, sometimes three lots of treatment. It was really interesting for myself because I got a plant wart, so I thought, I'll give this a go and, and see what it's like. And it's actually surprisingly effective and very, like, it's so relieving when you actually get it out and you get it done. Um, so I've certainly seen a number of patients who've gone through the freezing with people elsewhere and then come and then, um, had this treatment done and they've, you know, they've been really grateful, which is excellent. Now there used to be a item number for this, which, you know, only makes sense, but unfortunately in their wisdom, the government has removed that item number. So that's no longer available. Mm. And Sean, can I just ask, can the Upton's pace be used on non-plantar warts? So, you know, the you know, the external facing warts, for example? No, it's not recommended. Um, the only other area on the body that it is advisable to use is on the palm, again, because you've got that thick skin. It's mm. too irritant, really, for, for the thinner skin on the rest of the body, unfortunately. Great. 
Yeah, thanks. That's a, a really wonderful tip. I think a lot of GPs just struggle with recurrent cryotherapy and pairing of plantar warts. So that's a, a really fantastic hack there. Now we're going to talk about genital warts next, which can also be quite sort of recalcitrant and, and tricky. And also, you know, I guess the problem with genital warts is people don't, you know, they often don't want to keep coming back in for treatment because they can be quite uncomfortable. Yeah, look, definitely. And I think, you know, because I don't know about you, Tim, but I don't see that many genital warts, uh, or at least if I do, if my patients have them, they don't want to talk to me about them. So I think a lot of GPs don't get comfortable with treating genital warts when actually they're, they're pretty straightforward. My advice to patients is to use that nail polish uh, approach again. So put uh, coat the normal skin around the wart with clear nail polish. I do a test dose of podophyllin. So I'm, I'm talking about that podophyllin paint, um, which, you know, comes as a, you know, it's a proprietary prepared preparation. And you, so you put the, the nail polish on, you then put the podophyllin on the wart. I then tell a patient to go straight home and uh, wait 15 minutes from when you've put it on, which is usually about 15 minutes by the time they get home wash it off just to make sure they don't ha they're not one of the few patients who have that really acute severe reaction then if they're not i get them back in a few days and i get them to do the next application in front of me so that they you know make sure they're uh, comfortable doing it and then i get them to apply it to the wart twice a day for three consecutive days that can be repeated each week for up to a maximum of 5 weeks and, you know, that's pretty effective. I usually follow people up, you know, so see them at week two or three um, and just see how it's going. And that's for sort of mild to moderate warts. When you get the really large, you know, sort of cauliflower size uh, warts, I usually refer them off. But the small to medium ones, I think, you know, we can very comfortably manage in general practice. Yeah, look, um, fantastic tips there. I guess the only thing I would add is you're right. You occasionally do see these very, not specifically gentle warts, but just general external warts that are very, very large. And the tip I would give is that they're often not going to respond readily and easily to to cryotherapy. And uh, electrocautery seems to be a pretty good option for those ones. I've certainly got um, some GP colleagues who, who do electrocautery on them and get really quick results, which is, you know, by the time they're that large, people have sort of been mucking around with them for a fair while and often tried two or three treatments already. Um, yes. So I often sort of send them straight on for electrocautery and it does seem to sort of get rid of them fast, often in one go. Yeah, no, good advice. Good advice. Well, they're fantastic tips on warts. Anything else we can sort of educate the audience about with regard to sort of things to expect for warts? There's uh, there's a number of sort of immune modulating things that they keep talking about. At one stage, for widespread warts, they were talking about cimetidine. I don't know if you remember that, Tim. It was probably 15, 20 years ago um, there was discussion around that. Yeah, I do. Uh, and, you know, there's a actually, if you go through the literature, there's a whole range of different treatments out there for warts with sort of modest to moderate benefit. I even understand that hypnotherapy has been tried for warts and, and has some evidence. So, oh, there you go. so does placebo. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, look, you, you, you know, I think it's about counselling the patient around patients with with warts a lot of the time because, it is, yeah. you know, 
at the end of the day, we're not curing the, the viral infection. We're just sort of treating down the manifestations of the infection. Yeah, absolutely. Well, fantastic talking to you, Sean. That's just been a, a brilliant chat and uh, really appreciate your time and we'll look forward to perhaps hearing you as a podcaster in the not-too-distant future. Fantastic. Thanks, Tim. Pleasure to be on this end of the microscope again. Mm-hmm.